We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week 18, the finale, the conclusion, whatever you want to call it. We made it! The StackFest, Underworld StackFest, brought to you by Player Profiler here on Rotogrinders.com. I am, I, I, we were talking a little bit before the show, Matt, I was so I was blessed to be on one of Matt's shows earlier this week, and we, we briefly touched on this. Week 18 is usually one of my favorite slates actually because i'm one of those big sickos and i thought it would be a pretty good slate for us to go out on here on this chaos, show given chaos total, mode. total chaos lots of obscure names and random players that theoretically the people uh thinking like those that do on the show should be not able so to have fast some not so fast eric <laughs> everybody's playing to win i was telling Dario before all these damn the teams that even the teams that should be resting guys we were talking briefly about the chargers uh before the show it, it seems like they may not go the whole game but they haven't technically said they're not going to rest it feels like matt to me the weirdest kind of final you know week i know we haven't had a lot of week 18s but whether it was old week 17 it feels like one of the weirder ones where we of course have a couple spots where you know guys are resting uh some fun some decently fun backup running backs but it feels closer to a normal slate than i was expecting uh for week oh, 18 yeah. is that kind of, how, kind of how you're feeling too definitely yeah i mean there's some interesting uh, there's teams that are playing for something in the playoffs or teams that have been out of it for a long time and they've just been playing on pride and playing for the next contract for weeks and some of them exceeding expectations. You know, the Rams, the Panthers, the Falcons, some of these lines you're thinking they're going to be bigger, but no, these teams have been playing uh, 
spunky last few weeks. Even the Texans who just got, you know, their oh. face beat in by the Jaguars. But for weeks before that, right, they take the, the Chiefs to overtime. They nearly beat the Cowboys. I hadn't even actually thought about that spin. The Panthers were a really good example of that where these teams have been out of it. The Browns, the Browns are kind of playing for next season, right? Well, Jadavian Clowney is definitely playing for next season. He's gone out the door. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, it's not like they're going to rest him. He needs to play. And these guys that are going to be here next year need to play with Deshaun Watson. So we really have this limited amount of, like, I wanted the full-blown, you know, like, give me the backup quarterback stacks with, you know, like give me some running cool backup quarterbacks that we just don't have, you know, against the Texans. We don't have um, a lot of that. So it does feel a little bit more like a normal stack fest show. What do we have like a Tyrod Taylor? Is that all we got? (laughs) I think uh, so. uh, And the other thing is, you know, we, the Colts have packed it in a long time ago. We have uh, Sam Ellinger as I think our top point per dollar projection. Again, he is facing the Texans. That's probably why it's not a Sam Ellinger thing. It's the fact that he's facing the Texans. Skylar Thompson, Right. Ritter's been in there already for a couple of weeks. Like Joe Flacco is our new week 18 quarterback. Like Huntley's been playing. All these guys have been playing at quarterback. So oh, yeah. we don't have We've a lot these, new. We, we're very you familiar. Mean you guys aren't going to play Nathan Peterman? Yeah, it's Peterman. Peterman <laughs> and Flacco are the two week 18 like substitute quarterbacks. So they're torturing us. That's a bummer. Yeah. Peterman's a bummer. But Dario, what do you think about? Um, you know, I've got obviously your list of games here and the majority of them are at a minimum one team really playing for something on one side. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any like from a macro view before we dive into the first game? Is there anything you're kind of just like that stuck out to you about this week in terms of could be motivational, could be, you know, one motivational team against a maybe non motivational team? We got a couple of those. Just any kind of macro trend that you've you've had hanging over your head this week? I think that's definitely the biggest one kind of hinted at it like usually when I'm looking at the games for this show, it's like there's games where they're exciting on both offenses of the ball. Like we see it as like a pretty balanced game has a total. that's like, you know, at least 46 at the lowest, but like usually we like to see 48, 50. Um, But this week it's a lot of like low forties over unders and really one-sided games that are, you know, giving teams the highest implied point totals. Like we were talking, we have the bills on the list. We have the Eagles on the list. We have the Niners and the Bengals on the list. These are all teams that, like, I mean, I don't know how many runbacks we're going to talk about today because I think a lot of these games, you're stacking just purely one side of it. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with with that point. I didn't see on your list. I didn't see my Cowboys. I, I think that they're... A lot of implied points there. Mo- Motivation-wise, I, I don't know what... I mean, I guess the, they're hoping the Eagles lose in order to have any shot at winning the division. But I think they're pretty locked in as the five seed. My guess is like if at halftime, the Eagles are up two touchdowns and you're um, Mike McCarthy, why aren't you pulling your starters too? That one's definitely tricky. That that, that one's probably trickier than um, we can talk about some of these, you know, we're going to dive into these games, but we could probably talk about a couple of these. Like Cooper the Rush has been good though. And the, that is that is that is true. Um, I, I would mean, imagine good, they rush you know, for the good second good. half. <laughs> yeah, good, not good, 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 but like good for enough. a backup quarterback, good. Like not if quite he, Jacoby Brissett, but like almost. If he comes in and you have 
Dalton Schultz or something. And assuming Dal- I think the concern mm-hmm. is like, well, that now CD's not going to play also, right? I think that would be the concern. Perfect week to get Jalen Tolbert some snaps for Christ's sake. The, <laughs> the, you know, the kid's been inactive all been inactive all year. But I think he's on so many Cowboys, of my best ball teams. Yeah, what a my God, what a disaster. Uh him and Albert O been hanging out uh all year on the inactive list. The Chargers are another one that I think we should just briefly touch on as opposed to a game stack as a team who is a little bit similar to Dallas, except, you know, technically, right, Dallas doesn't know. They have they think going into their game they have a chance to get the bye. Now they would need the Giants backups to beat the full strength Eagles, which is <laughs> probably not gonna not gonna happen. I think should be factored into that probability. But the Chargers are like all, are are you know they're not getting a bye. They're not winning the division. They can move up a seed or some effort, you know yeah. All the scenarios are kind of crazy, but generally speaking, they're pretty locked in, but they haven't said that they're like resting guys. Do you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on the chargers, Dario? So I think I'm pretty sure that the way it works for the chargers is if the Ravens lose, the chargers will be locked in as the five seed. So okay. at that point they would have nothing to play for. And if the Ravens win, then the chargers have to win in order to stay the five seed. And keep in mind this five seed is, a pretty big advantage over the six seed in the AFC because the six seed is going to have to travel to play one of like Buffalo or Cincinnati likely. And the five seed is going to have to play at Jacksonville or Tennessee, which are, you know, not bad teams, but not nearly as scary. So I think that, you know, if the, if the Ravens win in the morning, then the chargers definitely are going to need to take care of business against the Broncos, but the Ravens are also nine and a half point underdogs. That's the problem. Yeah, Lamar's out again. Um, for yeah, anybody this, that this is, didn't yeah, this is why the the Cowboys and the Chargers are so, sort of similar teams. It'd be nice if one of these teams had a backup player, not the technical starter, who is also super productive no matter what, whether he's starting or whether he's in more of a breather back role. It's almost, I God, I, who could that be? Does it rhyme with Pony Tollard? Oh. <laughs> That's right. It's almost like that guy's an amazing option this week. And uh, I can also see a a good week for Josh Palmer in there in three receiver sets, but then also as maybe the number one receiver in the fourth quarter. So there's a couple of guys like that from these games that could be interesting. Stacking, a little more dangerous. Yeah, I think, I mean, my concern with Pollard would be he's still coming back from an injury and like why rush him in there? They have um Malik Davis who they've been using to rotate in as a third back so I think like who's also better than Zeke we found out uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> so yeah I think that I'd still be probably a little bit cautious with Pollard especially since his DFS salary is still through the roof yeah right, is there someone um, else on Dallas you think Schultz you'd use I like the Chargers stuff a little bit more because it's one of those things where bef- as you're heading into your, you know, you, let's say either you have afternoons, maybe you're playing the afternoon only slate, or you're playing, you know, you have afternoon slots available in your lineups to play around with. You'll know like what to do with the Chargers, right? They may still even start Herbert and Co., but once it's locked in, you'll be like a quarter, at worst a half, mm-hmm. and then like you said, Josh Palmer's already going to be out there with the with the ones a decent amount anyway, and then you can get him, you know, as the the lead wide receiver for a whole half or three quarters or shit. You know, they they could just, they could just bench all these guys for all we know. We'll know. You'll know. I I don't think they can bench Palmer because then they wouldn't have receivers. No, No, I mean, they're starters. I mean, like it could be an act like Justin Herbert. He's the answer. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think so too. Um, 
I, I was going to say maybe Josh Kelly, but they'd probably Roundtree was getting some touches last week then too. And it's like, I don't even know that we need to go there because we do have some other backs, but I just wanted to touch on some of these spots that are like awkward, I guess is the right word. Right. And they're like, yeah, I mean, like on paper, that... you see the Cowboys favored by seven. You're like, all right, let's, let's load them up. But I think that like the way things are probably going to play out is the Eagles are going to be up big on the giants backups and Mike McCarthy's going to be like, it's like, take a seat, Tony. We need you next week. You know, damn it. One, I one one before we move on to the actual games we want to talk about. I wanted to ask you guys about this game because I don't have a specific, like super strong take, but what about the bucks in terms of this similar situation? Now they, they also have not said like, Oh, we're full out resting everybody. But what they have done historically is Brady comes out with the ones plays like maybe two series and then goes and sits down. I think that's just kind of how how Brady likes to play it, right? It's not a coaching thing. And so if they come out and do that, they are playing the Falcons, which is a pretty good matchup. The Falcons, you know, maybe or maybe not have good runbacks, uh, London, maybe Algier, something like that. Are there any bucks that you might be uh, interested in? Again, or if you disagree, maybe the Bucks are going to play. Is there anyone like so. Tony Pollard on the Bucks? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not as good. We didn't we just talk about these two as a comparison the other day? I think on our um, show, the Might Have Been Rashad, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rashad I think this might have been where I was thinking about it because I was like, these guys are in similar situations in Week 18. <laughs> but I think, think that the Buccaneers would be less likely to feel like like we can't risk getting right. Rashad White <laughs> injured. We don't want yeah, him Lenny. to get a hit pointer. Lenny won't play, but I don't think they feel that way about Rashad. Exactly. I think they feel like Rashad can just go yeah, and play the whole second half. I mean, he's a rookie, and Tony Pollard's in his like third or third year. Fourth, totally different. Right third. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Pollard's definitely earned his uh, like earned his dues, but I think Rashad might go go get the reps, young guy. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good play this week. I think that's I think that about covers it for these other games that were I thought at least like appealing, right? We wanted to just touch the Cowboys, the Chargers, and then the Bucks. Um, yeah, because isn't Russell gonna... Gage essentially like a a worse version of Josh Palmer? So why? It's... Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Scotty Miller, I guess, but like Scotty Miller catching passes from Kyle Trask doesn't sound very doesn't sound very fun to me. Um, Rashad White is five point four k on DraftKings. I think that the running backs. You might, yeah, Josh Palmer. I don't know that I want to touch those Chargers running backs. I think, I think I like your point on Palmer. Uh, and it, it also could be more people on the Chargers if, like, they decide at the last minute, hey, we are actually going to rest some guys, right? But, um, yeah, not a ton from those. So let's dive in to some of the games where we actually are pretty excited about multiple players from one side. First one being Bills and Patriots. Pretty clear here why. Uh, the Bills are an appealing option. A, they're the Bills. B, they're one of the teams that's going all out to win. They're going to try to still get the one seed. And uh, if anybody has motivation, you know, if you want to, uh, uh, put, you know, play that motivational card, there probably hasn't been a greater motivation in the history of the NFL than uh, than the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, I think. In terms of price, sometimes they are a difficult team to afford because Josh Allen is very frequently the highest priced quarterback, if not always the highest priced quarterback. And, you know, Diggs is expensive. Gabe used to be expensive, etc. 
I don't really think the pricing is a concern. I think what's nice about our game stack conversation this week is it can be largely just who the hell's going to score the most points because we can jam them in, right? There's going to be cheap options that open up for us to afford these guys. So, Dario, where are you headed first? Is it as simple as I really want the the Allen digs, or how are you thinking about the Bills? Yeah, I think that you kind of like I I do want to play this like a typical Bills stacking week with Allen throwing like two of Knox and Diggs and um, Gabe Davis, of course. And then I think that James Cook is really intriguing this week. He's still mm. you know, pretty cheap. I think he's cons- like a little bit below um, 5K. Terry still. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I think that, like those are those are all interesting options to me. And, and like you said, I think that the Bills have everything to play for emotionally. But as far as the one seed goes, they will know. Um, by the end of the day, Saturday, whether they have a chance at the one seed, because the Chiefs play the Raiders on Saturday. Oh, you're so right. The yep. Chiefs take care of business, and the Bills will. I think that, I think the Bills and Bengals still can kind of like are jockeying for the two seed, and Ooh, potentially right. hosting a game between the two of them in the divisional round. Like I think there's still, um, I think the Bills might have to win in order to stay the two seed and avoid dropping to the three however so i mean i mean i think that there's plenty for them to play for trying to yeah, double they're, check they're, that they're, I'm, I'm pretty confident the bills will be at full strength full capacity full effort even if the chiefs clinch the number one seed with a win on saturday the bills still want to will still want the number two seed and can lose it in a loss with a Bengals win so um, and like you said, they obviously can win it even if the Bengals lose, but they play at the same time. So definitely no rest concerns for the Bills. Um, I, I definitely want to hit some more on the Bills, but I, we're going to pass this to Matt for, you know, if we're going to get into the obscure plays, what Patriots, if any, would you be interested in running your Taekwon uh, Thornton stuff? in there? Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. You want some Taekwon? Why not Taekwon Thornton? Ty- isn't Taekwon Thornton, the, wasn't he built in the lab for GPPs? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that's your guy, man. That that's that's all I need to know. But I, I do have questions though about Diggs. W- what happened, man? Because I, I have Diggs in a lot of leagues. And uh <laughs> you know, b- you know, before week uh seventeen, it was it was it was uh not what I wanted. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh we're we're still it's 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 been since the last time they faced ah. New England, that Stephon Diggs has scored more than 10 fantasy points. That was in November. It's just, just saying. It's also tough just, just to piggyback. He had the monster game against the Titans at the beginning of the season. For an 8K plus wide receiver on both sides, 7,900 on DraftKings, 8,400 on FanDuel. Maybe on the FanDuel price is a little bit more fair, but I don't know, man. I, I need me a little more juice than Stefan Diggs has been providing this year. Like, there's good games, but like, I can pay 5,800 and get a lot of these 21 point games. He, he has been very difficult for me to click. And I don't even think it's all digs. Actually. I think Josh Allen has been uh, a, a little bit poor throwing the ball and really taking his head down when he sees the rush pretty quickly. But have you noticed this too? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I he, mean, he, digs his- I, I was putting it out there. You could tell I was a little bit tentative. Cause I'm like, I'm just saying 
And then so thank 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 you for backing me up on this, Eric. He's been really disappointing. And a, a couple times, same same as you on a couple of my best uh, season long or best ball teams, I had digs, and I'll I'll never forget it was was it two weeks ago or anyway. Um, obviously it wasn't this past week, but two two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you he gets a blitz look, right? Josh Allen, sorry for the people who don't like the hand in the dirt stuff, but he gets it. Literally everyone's at the line of scrimmage, man to man, one deep safety. Diggs is one on one. They they do blitz, and he just he, Diggs beats his guy down the sideline. Like this is the dream. You're like, holy shit! They just gifted me a 70 yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs situation. He throw it to him. He's your superstar against one on one coverage. He just took his head down and ran off to the right like a you know a 16 year old high school quarterback when they see the blitz, and it it was it was frustrating. So I have a little bit of concerns about the Bills just kind of. Overall, and I think Diggs is the one who it hurts the most because he's he does at his price and everything need a lot of volume and need need this production. Whereas you know Allen can still run, Gabe it takes one catch right, knocks the tight end. Cook it does you know Cook and Singletary it doesn't matter. So I just have some Diggs concerns. I mean Josh Allen's yards per game, throwing out the last game. Just look at weeks eleven through sixteen, in the second half. Uh, he's averaging like 210 yards a game throwing the ball. It's weird. It's not great. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. Something's Dario, not need, right. We need a counterpoint to what? what, what no, so yeah, Dario, I, I are, you, it's, uh, are you? Are I you mean, gonna cape up for your man here, Josh Allen? <laughs> I think that Josh Allen, like it, he'll get you there with the rushing stuff, like Eric said. Like, I mean. I don't think you need to be too afraid of playing Josh Allen in that sense, but I think probably, yeah, I, I, I'm still inclined to, to play him with digs. Like I think they've had some, some throws this year where you can tell that their connection is just like on another level, but I think you guys are probably, and like, I mean, also the fact that the Patriots and Belichick do like to, you know, lock down your top guy and all that stuff. (laughs) I think that it's probably, play a little bit less of a digs week but i mean he's still the best receiver in this offense no doubt so oh. I, I think that like you probably like if you're stacking josh allen you're not gonna be like i'm ignoring digs this week <laughs> yeah because it's not like anybody it's not like <clears throat> Diggs started struggling because right it's like Thielen was the number one for the vikings and then justin jefferson arrived and it was like oh buddy you know, there's a new sheriff in town. There's not a new sheriff in town. It's just nobody's eaten. <laughs> like no, yeah, none of no the one, no, But Dawson Knox is consistently producing yeah. the last three mm-hmm. weeks. And it's not like there's a lack of target consolidation. It's not like they've been getting uh, Shakir involved or anything like that. It's what we wanted. It's exactly what we wanted. Diggs and Davis, what we wanted. And... Allen's not throwing for 400 yards a game like he was in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not it. He he had some injuries. He had a shoulder injury, an elbow injury. Remember, he was hour to hour at one point. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, something's going on, man. Something mental is going on. Something physical becomes mental, becomes physical, becomes <laughs> fantasy relevant <laughs> jesus yes, yes I think that is technically true this is what's going on so i i am not saying you don't play him i'm saying exposure dialed down on the stack uh yes thornton is a great run back he's 3.3k it's great 
I mean, he's coming off an eight target game. It's beautiful. It's exactly what you want in tournaments. They're, they're winding down. I mean, they're getting ready to ship all these guys to hell. You know that Bourne, Parker, Aguilar, they're putting them all in a, some kind of command capsule and they're going to shoot them off to the moon when the season's over. They can't wait to just have a brand new wide receiver room next year. If I were them, I'd be like, oh my God. Right. I, I, I'm um, like counting down the hours. Yeah, Thornton's route participation has been really encouraging the last two weeks. He's what been I'm saying he's been on the field more than any receiver other than Jacoby Myers. Like there was that massive Kendrick Bourne game out of left field, but even in that <laughs> game, Tyquan Thornton ran more routes two weeks ago. So I think, yeah, I, I love the Thornton run back there too. And keep in mind the the Patriots do have something to play for as well. Like if they I don't know if they're win and in, but I think if they win and the Dolphins lose, they're in, and the Dolphins are starting Skylar Thompson. So (laughs) there's a lot of... The the AFC 7 seed is kind of in a weird spot because you have like the Dolphins, the Patriots, or the Steelers just like all kind of, you know... (laughs) Well, we we have none of them deserving. the, The new show we have, the Juice Betting Show, on player profile. We were on the, I was on talking to Ahan and Siobhan last night and dolphins are now a three point favorite against the jets. Yeah. Flacco's in now. Yeah. It, so it moved from like minus two to minus three with Flacco as if Flacco is a big downgrade. <laughs> I don't even consider him a downgrade. It's not like he Mike. Do you guys like since when is Mike white? This like franchise caliber court. Get out of here. I right. feel confident in my uh, pro Mike White stance before having seen the betting market uh, back me, even though I, I never felt less confident than watching Mike White uh, on Thank Sunday because holy shit, he was terrible. He, he looked shaky. <laughs> like it's almost like that's who Mike White is. A little, little uh, yeah, right. the, the, the Cinderella glass slipper smashing in front of our face. Isn't he the typical backup quarterback though? Like, 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 actually, he, he, he's an NFL level backup quarterback. Yeah. Competent, competent enough to come in and like, in in the right situation make some throws and but then like you said the cinderella thing everybody now thinks oh my god right he's the next he's the guy right Th- like people did this with Minshew and hurts last year it was like they no, wanted well, the Minshew best example over is the, the team we're just talking about the patriots they had this guy remember they, they, there were legitimate questions in new england about whether mac jones was going to be permanently benched I also like Bailey Zappi, to be clear. I want to put that on the record. Remember the zapping? (laughs) It's all zapping. Dario, that was beautiful. He came up with that that catchphrase. (laughs) That was great. But the bottom line is I can't figure that line out. I was like, if there's a a lot of bets I like this week, just incidentally, and uh, uh, Jets plus three, you got to love that. So that's that's another part of it. It's like I – I think that the Patriots are going to be looking at this game and, and, and going all out because they're like, listen, Dolphins are losing, baby. Yeah, definitely. And to, to wrap um, on kind of what Dario was saying, the Patriots clinch the wild card with a win. But obviously, I don't think they're relying. Necessarily. They, they want to you know have some outs in case they lose to you know the best team in the NFL. They have still have an outside shot at a wild card spot. If they lose, the Dolphins lose, the Steelers lose, and the Jaguars win. <laughs> so they'll kind of they'll, they'll kind of know, but obviously that doesn't for DFS purposes, they'll be playing to win regardless, but um they do have an outside shot. Let's move on to a game where I definitely don't have any questions personally about the old wide receiver one on uh, on this team. I might have some questions elsewhere, but uh 
the Minnesota Vikings face the Chicago Bears, the Nathan Peterman led Chicago Bears, no Justin Fields this week. And uh, the Bears defense is still really, 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 really bad. And the Vikings should pretty much name their score. Um, Dario, do you ha- do we have any concerns about the Vikings? And then um, if so, if not, you know, kind of elaborate on <laughs> what your Justin Jefferson's just Justin Jefferson thoughts are Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, etc. I think I'm not I'm pretty sure that the Vikings like still have some roundabout weird way of I can they get the one seed? I, I'm not I I think that like I think that right that they're they are definitely playing to win because the um I'm pretty sure the Niners are in the late window and yeah. the Niners winning or losing will affect the Vikings seeding. So I think the Vikings are far from locked in between two and three and possibly one. I mean, I don't remember if they can still get the one, like I said. But I mean Justin Jefferson is less than 200 yards away from Calvin Johnson's record. Obviously, that last game with only 15 yards put a big dent in that <laughs> single season record chase. But like like we just said, I mean the the Bears defense is Swiss cheese and if I think I think if Jefferson tells, you know, O'Connell and Kirk Cousins like, "Hey, like I'm going after the record today, like just throw me the ball 15 times." Like we could we could see that happen. Kevin O'Connell was quoted as saying, uh, just in relation to the team in this game, not to Justin Jefferson, I think it would probably be more subtle than just sitting starters, knowing that the two seed is still available for us. So that means to me, you know, we're going to Dalvin's going to sit a couple extra series for Madison, right? Maybe Jefferson doesn't play a hundred percent of snaps, things like that, as opposed, you know, especially once it gets out of hand, but um, assuming it gets out of hand, if this one doesn't get out of hand, God, the Vikings are already fraudulent. This would really be a, uh, it's only a plus seven and a half line. Against Nathan, Justin Fields couldn't keep it within what thirty-five of the Lions last week, and now it's Nathan Peterman. I mean, if the Lions don't just stomp these guys, but um, Matt, do you have you know? It just shifted to plus five and a half. Look, just as we were talking, (laughs) how is this possible? Is somebody sitting? This is I don't know if someone's sitting. I don't. I think that Vegas must be getting information that is not publicly available at this time about potential scenarios of guys not playing the full game in Minnesota. And to be fair to anyone not watching this live, or if you are watching this live, you know, this is about the time when all the news starts piling in. So there may be something that drops while we are, uh, especially in week 18, while we are recording and certainly thereafter. So, you know, if Justin Jefferson gets ruled out, uh, you can disregard a lot of this, but Matt, what do you think about this one? I don't think I imagine you don't have the same concerns with Justin Jefferson, but do you have any Vikings concerns at all, given they have motivation, but it's not maybe as strong as some other spots. I mean, it's not even as strong as the bills. I'm telling you, man, this line is so weird. Five and a half. If you, if you asked me, I would have thought it would be more likely to be 10 and a half Hmm. than five and a half. Yeah, Agreed. I'm not understanding it. This makes me feel very weird and nervous about what's going on here so i i know you we want 
it's just tough, man. Like with Cousins, you get a double stack him. It's very tricky. And Irv Smith is coming back. Oh, who was, shut who, your mouth. Who was in the Cody's? <laughs> Cody's in the dang chat asking about to min price Irv Smith. I don't. I don't think I want to play min price. We, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we had to try to talk Matt into playing Jamar Chase uh, off of an injury. I don't think I can play Irv Smith off of you know three months away <laughs> can, from football. Can, can we play all just? <laughs> we can't play the receivers we want the the elite receivers plus also play Josh Palmer and KJ Osborne all those guys I mean back KJ Osborne KJ Osborne yeah, is going to play no matter what he's going to be out yeah, there no matter I, what I could be true. sold on KJ Osborne this is the Josh sure. Palmer corollary this is the these are the mm-hmm. guys that we know are going to be out there the whole game either in the number three capacity or in the fourth quarter in the number one capacity yeah he he caught the most garbage time of garbage time touchdowns last week. That was it was beautiful. He was on my best best ball team. Is the I had a sh- god awful week seventeen. It, that that was like the blown shoot, positive shining moment. KJ Osborne, totally useless touchdown. Here's here's the name that uh, uh, I was thinking about when uh, uh, we were talking these garbage time guys. When they got to garbage time last week, it was not Jalen Rager that was out there playing. It was Jalen Naylor that was out there Nailed playing. It! And he was balling against the Packers. I know it's three catches for 89 yards. It was in a quarter, basically. And every time you looked up during garbage time, this dude was catching a 30-yard pass. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he he was a reasonable – I'll let you guys elaborate. I, I, you know, I obviously watched him at Michigan State and stuff, but I thought he was a reasonable prospect as a wide receiver, kind of deep threat-ish, which made sense catching some deep balls. He was the one guy I wanted to touch on here. And it was honestly, I'll admit, if he hadn't been out there doing it last week in garbage time, I wouldn't have thought about it. But if this game is going to get some of that garbage time, I mean, this is the guy that, that you know, he, he would be the guy that's out there too. So um, I don't know if, he, if we need to discuss I mean, Jalen Naylor in detail. Target share during the COVID year, uh, only seven games that year. I mean, because of the COVID timeline when he was in college, he never played more than nine games in a season. So it's really, it's, he's a hard guy to scout. So whenever a guy like that gets drafted, just gets drafted, you pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this guy wasn't that dominant, but that's okay. But when you, when you recalibrate the games he played, his dominator rating on player profile was 62nd percentile. That's pretty good, right? He's got great burst. He's comparable to guys like Sterling Shepard, right? Guys that are, you know, Small, not necessarily burners, but have been productive in college. That's the Sterling Shepard archetype that he fits in. So, yeah, absolutely. 90 yards on five catches. Very, very understandable and expected if he's in there for, a, you know, a, you know, at least three quarters. But I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I think yeah, we're right. It, it would be nice if we just knew if if the NFL cared about fantasy and betting as they should, then there would be all these policies about announcing all this information well in advance. That's the polite thing to do, but they're not going to do any of this, right? They're just going to keep everybody in the dark and we're not going to know. It would also be better for the players. Like, yes, go out and you say, look, Tom is playing two series or Tom is not, you know, I'm Tom Brady, right? This whole, uh, maybe he'll play one. Maybe he'll play the first half. 
I don't know. It's like, yes, you do. Shut, you know, you know. And and there's no reason that they, they use the competitive advantage thing during the course of the season. Remember when the uh, Lovey wouldn't joke <laughs> when Lovey wouldn't say who who was starting between Brandon Allen and um, Davis Mills because he didn't want to give the other team. You know, they were yeah, like, yeah. The, I forget who they're they're playing like you know a really good team, and yeah. uh, he's like he didn't want to give away who the quarterback was you know for the competitive advantage. I'm like that's obviously nonsense, but at mm. least I could say okay, it's a meaningful game, regular season or whatever. Week 18, it's like everyone knows it doesn't mean anything. Like, let the young players know how much they're going to play ahead of time. And then, let, like you said, let the revenue-driving forces of your whole damn sport. Yeah, like, it undergirds understand. the whole sport, dude. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, there are um, some interesting potential options, you know, down the board at quarterback. Sam Howell is a, was oh, yeah. a tactical scrambler in college. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter and Tyrod Taylor. So there are some interesting, not Sam Ellinger. Okay. Jeez, not Sam Ellinger. Remember Sam Ellinger uh, chalk week? <laughs> yeah, that was a good week. Remember that one? <laughs> that one, Zay Jones chalk week. We've had some, <laughs> we've had some fun chalk weeks that were pretty yes. comical. Yes, um, but that's a different ball game. You get down to Ritter, that, that Ritter's kind of an interesting guy, right? Mm-hmm. In, 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 so it's just a lot harder to play our game right the game we play for the first 17 weeks of the season is we find these games we stack them up and we, we and we profit right because we know we're getting leverage with, with with these correlations and it's money well spent you have to dial down the correlation don't you isn't this more of a value game where you're going to mm-hmm. have more minimal correlation this week because you really can only single stack. And even when you're single stacking one side of a game, yes, we have Ty- Tyquan Thornton's a great gift, right? 3.3K, perfect run back. That's actually, ty- the presence of Tyquan Thornton actually makes Josh Josh Allen a lot more attractive to me than he would otherwise yeah, be, yeah, give, yeah. given his struggles. But some of these other games, you don't even have that. It's so tricky. Like the Bears, get out of here. What are you going to do? You're going to cold commit. Playing any Giants on against the Eagles this week? That's that's what I was. It's crazy. The Cody's out here touting Valus, Uncle Uncle Valus Jones, and and I just yeah, it's Richie James has been good. Let's let's talk about that game though because I do want to talk. Well, too obviously, I want to talk the Eagle side because I think we need to talk about Hurts. Um, and how we feel about him, you know, coming back for this game. What does that mean for him or anyone's fantasy relevance? Last week was an abject failure for the Eagles. My goodness. I mean, they should have this one seed locked away a long time ago. But how uh, much money do you think Minshew lost? Lots. A lot of money. Minshew yeah. lost a lot of very millions of dollars on lifetime earth. earnings. I mean, it was yeah. Musk and Minshew lost the most money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I don't know. SBF has to be up there too. SBF, <laughs> I think yeah, that was well. a couple weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah. The law firm of Musk and Minshew. I like this. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> a lot of money gone. But seriously, I mean, he he probably would have got a really hefty bridge QB contract. I don't know what if he's signed for next year, so I, I don't want to speak too out of turn. But, I mean, everybody – there's like 12 good quarterbacks in the whole NFL. Everybody has been so excited for Gardner Minshew. It's like, dude, just don't screw up. And that's what he did against Dallas. Like, okay, didn't screw up. Then went out against the Saints and looked like looked like Mike White did. 
except Mike White doesn't have AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and and Dallas Goddard and and everything. It was it was really bad. But this week, week eighteen GPPs, Jalen Hurts is back. Thank God. Gets the gets the yeah. Thank God. Gets the Giants. Probably a lot of backups on defense. The Eagles are playing to win, so they should theoretically score as many points as they would like. But you would have to assume, similar to the Vikings thing, if they get out ahead, you know, there's no real reason to push it too hard, right? We're up by mm-hmm. 30 in the, the third quarter. We don't need to be, you know, uh, running Jalen Hurts. Type of, type of things. We probably don't even need to be running Miles Sanders, although I'm not sure they give a shit about, I, I, I about would, Miles I wouldn't overthink this one. He's been off for weeks, and they're going to be looking at another off week. So True. play him. Get him yep. sharp. Get him some. Get him all the stats he can. Get Devontae Smith the, the franchise record for receptions. Get, get, get it all. Go after it all, man. I love this. I, lo- I love this situation. Run it back with Richie James. I was just so that's what I was going to ask. So this is yeah. in the afternoon. This is in the afternoon window. I agree with you on Hertz. Uh, question for both of you: Hertz or Josh Allen? Ignoring the stack, Hertz or Josh Allen this week? Who do you prefer? Similar Are ownership. We, they're they're, they're uh, similar. I'm going Hertz for all the reasons we 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 talked about earlier. I, I prefer Hertz this week. I'm going to say Allen just because of the the emotional situation. I think the Bills have like. Like if he has a five touchdown game, I don't think anyone would be surprised. All right, checkmate, Dario. You <laughs> that is that is checkmate. There's nothing. There's not an argument you can make, at least not in public. Against I have no retort. Uh, against, yeah, against against that. Um, I I think I I it is really tough though. The the thing that I I like you mentioned Tyquan Thornton. Um, I wanted to get into the Giants because they are going to be resting, quote unquote, several key starters, whatever that means. I mean, right. I assume Daniel Jones and Saquon, but they really don't have any other key. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a the... second. Oh, my God. Wait, are you saying is Richie James a key starter? I think so. That's what I was going to ask. Is are Richie James, Darius Slayton, are they keys? Is Isaiah Hodgins a key? Oh, what's no. a key? Is we're going to get Kenny is, Galladay in garbage time of week eight? <laughs> He's going to be out is, there finally playing. This is exactly what I had to think about when I was projecting week eighteen, guys. So I was like looking at the Giants receiver room, like, are these guys key starters? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, I mean, they can't. Are they just going to play like three tight end formations all game? Like. It's I, I, 27 like I year said. old middle Tennessee state retread <laughs> been out of the league seven different times for seven different teams. Richie James is now a key player. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He, was, he, got he, had, he had like a 1600 yard insane. season in college. I love Richie James, but I'm just saying this is weird. I mean, th- like take away the name and look at these box scores. So, <laughs> Seven targets, seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. 12 targets, eight catches, 90 yards. Five targets, four catches, 42. Nine. Five. This looks like this is better than Stefan Diggs' game log. This looks like <laughs> a key. This looks like a key starter to me. Is this not a key starter? So Hodgins like, is too. Then. Yeah, pull up Hodgins yeah. too. Hodgins is like the same. Hodgins, you know, not, not quite as much juice, but the guy's still doing it every single week. Four for 42 and a touchdown. Eight for 89 and a touchdown. Four for 37. Four for 38 and a touchdown. Five for 44 and a touchdown. It's like, and they they signed him off the Bills practice squad in season <laughs> this year, right? Like, so is there a a clear, not a, a talent level of Taekwon, Taekwon Thornton, but 
I, I think there could be something here on the Giants. I, I, you could also, if Saquon Bad sits, <laughs> is it is it going to be Breed or are they going to play uh, Gary Brightwell? It's been I think, a yeah, little bit. I think it's it's probably going to be a split between the two of them. So there's probably not a ton of excitement around either. I think, I mean, they are probably, I would say, more inclined to protect Brita since he's like legitimately their their backup to Saquon, and they have also very literally fragile. nothing to play for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think yeah, I'd probably, I mean, roll the. Uh, it's it's the it's the difference in salary that makes me hesitate to say, oh, you might as well just like play Brightwell or Brita as opposed to the receivers. Because at least with the receivers, like you can play Galladay or Marcus Johnson for. Yeah, Marcus Johnson man. actually had uh, played a lot more snaps, ran a lot more routes than Galladay last week. It might be Marcus so we, Johnson. And Marcus Johnson, it was weird. He like, I think he was he was sort of in that Isaiah Hodgins role where it was seemed like he was getting elevated and running a lot more routes, and then that kind of, that kind of just disappeared. He like I guess they he fell out of the favor of the coaches really quickly mid season. Mm-hmm. Um, but but hasn't I, I he been he's... like a week seventeen, week eighteen guy for like the last the Colts, five years? Right on the Colts. Or, I feel like this he... is his job is to is to light it up. I kind of think so. Too. In, in week eighteen, isn't this what? Isn't this why he was created? <laughs> it, it's kind of like uh, a guy who I mean, we don't need to talk much about, but they have a tight end, Tanner Hudson on the Giants, mm. who has been a preseason DFS god forever because he's always just good enough to compete for one of those last roster spots. And and but he's a you know receiving type option. So that he's out there for three quarters, right, in these meaningless preseason games. That's what Marcus Johnson um kind of feels like at wide receiver to me. So I'm not okay, gonna so say Marcus Johnson had a stretch in Indianapolis where he had 120 receiving yards in three out of four weeks. He also had a 158-yard week and a 117-yard week in there. He's got a bunch of 100-yard games. Yeah, it, it, and he's uh, that. The, oh no, that, that, sorry, that was Galladay. <laughs> oh, but Marcus Marcus Johnson has one. He's like a bunch. Oh no, that's terrible! <laughs> I went all this whole season without making one of those kind of blunders. Oh, I couldn't make it through week 18 without like an egregious mistake. I, fun fact: Guess how many hundred-yard games Marcus Johnson has? I bet he has more than two. Dario, I I was just looking at the same thing as Matt was saying. I I think I saw two or three. Three, yeah. He said he said three. He also here's we're gonna get real fun. It's week eighteen. Why not? The very first team that Marcus Johnson played for in the NFL, week eighteen opponent, Philadelphia Eagles, revenge. He is the week 18 archetype of a wide receiver. And this team cut him after his rookie season and he's bounced around the league ever since. Now he gets a chance to pay it back to him on the giants. Wow. Yep. He was an go. Eagle. Tyron Taylor yeah. does throw a nice deep ball. He was an Eagle. He actually got to play in the first game of his rookie season. I <laughs> I'm learning a lot today on this show, guys. How old is he? <laughs> 20. He's oh my God. Fascinating guy. Yeah. Yes. He he's, Still, he's okay. I, I, at least I knew he had multiple hundred yard games. Yeah, three. Three. That's good. Good for him. He's the Stone Men. But let's go. Spent Marcus a lot of, Johnson. We, we spent a lot of time on Marcus Johnson, but 
I think to your point, it's interesting to dive into some of these run back type guys because you know what's going to happen right in roster construction and ownership is our conversations about playing Jalen Hurts to AJB or Allen to Diggs. That's not profound. Everybody's like, are you interested in Jalen Hurts? Yes. But then when you get down to the value stuff, it's always going to be like the new shiny toy, right? Okay, Jonathan Williams, everybody just jams Jonathan Williams because Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are out. Or everybody just, which I actually, I'm not sure that I would do um, necessarily this week. But anyway, there's all those value guys that are going to be the new thing, right? The sure backup that's playing. And talking about Marcus Johnson and talking about Tyquan Thornton and those kind of guys, I think that's the biggest leverage point of this of this slate this week, as opposed to our normal, you know, let's maybe find a game stack that's a little different. Are we sure, though, that we? I, I'd like to get into the head of the coaches in New York. It, I feel like they might think that Slayton is like their number one and that yeah. they'd be fine playing Hodgins and James or one of them for the full game. I think Hodgins, I would bet Hodgins plays more than I would bet the other two. Yeah, I think one of the, I wish we knew. I wish it was more clear. Right, because we, clearly we know like where KJ Osborne sits. Even though KJ Osborne's technically better at this point than Thielen, that's not how the coaches view them. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Josh Palmer. If we just knew who they think of as their top two receivers are, that would be really helpful. But when you look at their performances the last month, you can't you can't distinguish these three guys. You know, Slayton's top of the depth chart, the official depth chart, so you really can't play him. Between Hodgins and and James, it's a real riddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like Hodgins has played slightly more snaps over the last five weeks, but James has seen more targets in the same stretch. So it's like, I just think that they might play James. My first instinct, my gut told me James was a great run back. I don't think I'm off it. I think it's I think it's fine. one thing is so Richie James plays mostly in the slot, correct? Whereas yeah. Hodgins is Hodgins is a big big more of an outside yeah, slow like guy four, on the yeah. outside. Yeah. And uh and red zone red zone type guy. If right, do they have another I mean I'm sure they have a guy who can play there, but that also can Kenny Galladay in. can play out there. Yeah, Kenny Galladay can That's easily... the big question, Eric. That's the big question we've been asking ourselves for years. Can Kenny can Kenny can Kenny Galladay play the Hodgins role? <laughs> this is what we were. This is what people were debating all offseason when they were drafting Kenny Galladay in the eleventh round or whatever. Like, can he step in and fill in for Isaiah Hodgins? Um, this, yeah, this this conversation is making my head hurt with uh, so Marcus Johnson. It's really tricky, man. It, it it is really tricky, but I think there's juice to squeeze from this group. It's just I don't know if we'll be able to figure out where the juice is, right? But I think that there's something here because the Giants are going to hang a huge number. Tyrod is not good, but it's not Skylar Thompson or something like that. Like, I I feel confident, you know, if somebody gets open, Tyrod can get him the ball. And so um, I think all those guys are pretty interesting. I know we just left it wide open for Uh, the viewers. You guys decide. (laughs) Well, question for Dario here. Well, this is, listen, man, this is why you tune into the stack fest because we, we, you know, who are the fringe runbacks that you need to be thinking about? Mm -hmm. Tyrod, the cash viable, right? I think so. I mean, they're going to be chasing points. He's, I mean, he's not as cheap as some of the, as like a howl or, or Flacco, but it's not, 
but I'm oh, really that on. big a difference. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that it comes down to like how long the Eagles starters are in the game, right? If the Eagles good defensive players are off the field for like most or all of the second half mm. and Tyrod gets like easily to, you know, 250 and two touchdowns in total garbage time, I think that that uh that that's like kind of looking up for him. Yeah. yeah. Good call. All right, let's talk about out of our out of our three two and a half games left. Uh, let's definitely talk about the one where we know for certain both teams are playing to win. We have the full starters, except Lamar Jackson is not playing. The other side of the unfortunate Monday night game, the Bengals come in and uh, not the same level of necessarily emotional, you know, uh, energy that they'll be bringing, but they're playing for a whole lot here. In this in this game, they that 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 two seed is right there for the taking. I think um, they're really peaking to me. The Bengals are a really exciting team. We've kind of talked about them for a while. We what two months ago or something we talked about Matt talked about their O line really starting to gel. Right, Chase oh, yeah. comes back. They hit the ground running. Hayden Hurst is back. Joe Mixon came back from his injury. Um, the defense is, you know, slowly getting healthier. Everything is really coming together. <laughs> Matt and I talked about Eli Apple the other day, and like somehow this guy's turned into a competent football player. Mm. Everything's really coming together for the Bengals. They feel like Joe Burrow feels like this almost like lock and load. I don't know that he can do what Hurts and Allen can do, but like every single week, and particularly this week, Burrow just feels like this dude who I feel really confident is going to go out and put up a good score. What does that mean? Does that mean 24? Does that mean 35? I don't know, but I don't, I'm not worried about them pulling him, you know, in the third quarter up by 21, but I, you know, um, I, I'm just excited about the Bengals. Not so much excited about the Ravens, but Dario, how do you feel about uh, uh, Bengals Ravens here? Sands Lamar. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, when I, when I set out these games and I, I looked at all five of these offenses, cause these are, like I said, really just like, one-sided stacking games i think the bengals are the most exciting one to play they you know are effectively coming off a bye week and i think that their emotional like driving purpose right now is not quite the same as the bills but they kind of got the short end of the stick from the way the nfl accommodated all this like bye week seeding nonsense because basically the ravens were told like oh if you're a half a game behind we'll give you a coin toss to see who gets home field but the Bengals could finish a half a game out of the one seed and they're not getting a coin toss for the one seed. So, I mean, the some of the stuff coming out of their locker room today and the way, like you guys said, the way that team has just been playing for the last month and a half, the defense is insanely good. Joe Burrow's dialed in. I think this is by far the offense that I'm like most excited to stack this week. What do you think, Matt? Well, my question is, who do you run it back with as usual? <laughs> and I, I, JK Dobbins finally got to 50% snap share last week, hit it right on the nose. So he's been going up 35%. I mean, the yardage has been driven by big plays. So you can't look at that, but you look at the snap share 35, 38, 45, 50. He's getting healthier. He's looking better. He's explosive. You know, he can get you the 100, 100 yard bonus. He can get you a touchdown. He can put up 20 fantasy points. So he's an option. Demarcus Robinson. I mean, you can't find guys that are going to. I mean, Demarcus Robinson has this fringy, maybe path to 15 fantasy points. 
And then you've got uh, Mark Andrews. It's just that, you know, Huntley can't deliver the football. That's why Andrews not even he's 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 priced below Kittle, below Hawkinson, and no one's surprised. Though he went nine for nine last week. That's probably best thought, case scenario, twenty two fantasy points with no without a touchdown. Yeah, he got to hundred yards without a touch or hundred yards, nineteen points and no touchdown. I think that for me it's still Andrews because the targets are a lot like flukier with Demarcus Robinson. And like you said, Mark Andrews is no longer like right with Kelsey where playing him is just like a huge like salary burden and you're going to have to work around it. It's like, it's sure he's a more expensive tight end, but he's no longer like prohibitively expensive. And I think he's going to get those looks. I mean, he's got at least five targets every week since week eight. And most of those games, it's at least seven targets. So I think he's going to get those looks from Huntley. Whether, you know, whether he's able to turn that into a good game for you, I, it's, you know, not. Well, think, yeah, like, for sure. Is... You're, you're going to be, in terms of runbacks, you're probably going to be 70% on Andrews, 30, maybe 30% on Dobbins. You, there was no, no receivers are usable, right? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I, so. not, I think not so. This week, because of the week 18 element. There's going to be guys, right? We, we, we haven't talked about a ton of them, but like there's going to be guys that pop up that are 3K or whatever. The benefit of Demarcus Robinson on a normal slate is that there aren't those guys, right? The punts are like really bad fourth wide receivers on teams. But so yeah, you and get the this thing is, though, one. they don't have anyone that you're excited about. They don't right. have anyone who's interesting, right? Like Jalen Naylor. If they had a Jalen Naylor, we would have a conversation. Throwing the ball. It's freaking Sammy Watkins. It's Deshaun <laughs> Jackson. Get in there. Two targets for 19 yards. Andy Isabella. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> okay, now we're talking. Let's talk about Andy Isabella. No, I'm kidding. Um, I did, Oh, man. I will never forget the amount of uh, – Andy Isabella was like the, the Jalen Tolbert of uh, a few years ago in, in fantasy football where I drafted so much of him and literally was not even active most game days and then yeah. finally got on special teams. And then everybody got hurt, and he finally caught one long touchdown, and that was like the most fun I've ever had on a Monday night football game. Yay! Um, so shout-out to Andy. It's all these washed-up losers on the Ravens, right? Demarcus Robinson, I mean, Sammy they're, Watkins, they're, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, and Andy Isabella. Like, crazy. what are we doing? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, also it's like even a Demarcus Robinson, I I you know, I'll, I'll pull out uh, the red zone channel will come up and I'm like, "Oh, interesting. Let's see what the Ravens can do." Demarcus Robinson drop in the back of the end zone. It's like, "Bro, <laughs> bro, you you you'd only get so many opportunities. If you bro. can't drop that, what the hell it's I mean, what what, what is your value if you're not right? squeezing that football?" Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he was so good playing with Patrick Mahomes. Come on, he can't even do anything with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to produce with Tyler Huntley and no, Anthony Brown. It's not good. So I think was some of these some of yeah. these plays where it's like, listen, at least with a Jalen Naylor, what I'm saying is, he could be pretty good, right? And and you get you get a low salary, good player, good team, good situation. You don't play Demarcus Robinson or any circumstances because he's not good, and we know that the quarterback is not a volume quarterback. So it's the, the, the way he gets there is such a fringy set of scenarios. No, man. So it's just Andrews, man, given how much I, I think the, the level of certainty we have with this particular game and this particular stack, 
the Burrow stacks, it's almost like Andrews would be with this, this so so few options at tight end that you can rely on, right? We talked about yes, you know, Schultz and, and how that that's fringy and Everett. We don't have certainty. And now Hawkinson has Herb Smith and down the board. You could look up and your most owned player in your portfolio is actually Andrews. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's interesting. I think so, too. The positional thing is is huge this week, I think. Um as Dario said, the price has come down so much. I mean, 5400 is not cheap, still necessarily for a tight end. But, you know, you're not paying those Kelsey prices anymore. It's not that much of a cost prohibitive slate relative to some other slates. And again, 5400 I mean, uh, we've been talking about the likes of Kittle and Hawkinson for weeks, and they've been around that price, right? And so yeah. um, I don't see why you can't play Mark Andrews at the same price we've been playing, say, like George Kittle. A ton of them. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to say is we don't have a lot to glean from the first matchup of these two teams this year because that was the – I believe it was the Phantom T doesn't play game, whether he got hurt in uh, warm-ups or whatever it was. And then uh, if I recall, they basically just like doubled Chase all game and said, oh, okay, Trent Irwin, go for it. Although Trent Irwin apparently you know, not quite as bad at football as everybody thought. But if you recall when the Ravens defense really got banged up last season, a little bit different situation – Chase just went absolutely bonkers and as did Burrow in this spot. And so I think that it's just a generally good matchup, I think, for the way that the Bengals uh, play offense. You know, if he if Burrow gets man, he he doesn't make the mistake I was talking about earlier that Allen did with Diggs. He's like, uh, it's one on one to chase. Guess who's getting the ball? I'm giving him a shot to do it right. He'll do it with T, etc. So I, I just these guys are like old reliable to me. And I think Andrews kind of becomes that old reliable tight end to me. And we can make, make whatever work uh, with those guys in it. One last thing on these. Do you have a preference between chase T? Are you double stacking him? Dario, uh, any Boyd, you know, Boyd came out hot, uh, had a touchdown the other night and then Hayden Hurst, if you're not going to use Andrews, just anything extra in this game. 
I think that, I mean, looking at these ownership numbers, it's funny because I don't think they've uh, co- like come through yet on our player pages for some reason. So I this is my first look at your right, guys' right, projected right. ownership. But yeah, I, a lot of things, player props, a lot of stuff is in flux right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I mean, looking at that gap in ownership, I think you have to love playing T Higgins. And then, like you said, Hayden Hurst, like I think he had two catches in the first 10 minutes of that Monday night game. Like he seems to be back and involved. So I think that like it, it's all go on the Bengals weapons. Like you can you can double or even triple stack Burrow with two or three of those guys as you see fit, as you can, you know, jam into a lineup accordingly. Anything else, Matt? In this one? I agree with Dario. Higgins, baby. Higgins, and don't forget, Higgins, Andrews, skinny stacks elsewhere. Yep. That's why. that When I was doing the math in my head, that's why I was like, well, we're also going to have a lot of Andrews skinny stacks. So that means it, it, it the way it shakes out, you, you're going to be maximum sort of exposed to Andrews this week. Here's a here's a quick another uh, little fun stat. Maybe not quite as fun as, <laughs> as how many uh, hundred yard games as Marcus Johnson had in his career. Total passing yards for Joe Burrow against the Ravens last season. Oh, it was like almost, a thousand, almost a thousand. Nice. <laughs> I remember that. Almost, almost a thousand. In the second, the, the second game was the one. I, I the first game, I'm pulling. You know, I was pulling up the box scores, and I'm like, ah, it was only four hundred and three. I'm like, I felt like it was more like like only four hundred and three is like a bad thing. <laughs> and then yeah, you pull you pull up the second one, and you see. Hold on, that just closed on me. And you see, five hundred and twenty-five yards and four four touchdowns. With uh, it was actually T in the second one that went for 12, 12 for one ninety-four and two touchdowns in that game. Chase had a very disappointing seven for one twenty-five. <laughs> you know, just a casual uh, one hundred twenty-five yards. So yeah, pretty into. Pretty into the Bengals here. Let's talk about. And, uh, oh well, hold on, real, real quick. Just so you have, just so you know, weather in Cincinnati, oh, forty yeah. degrees oh. with five mile an hour winds. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> no, I just want to make sure everybody knows. Like this is, this game is a smash. There's nothing to, to hold you back here, uh, and I'm to the point where so there, there's so much uncertainty with all these other stacks. I was trying to think back through the weeks if there was another stack or another quarterback just talk about to say burrow stacks where you'd be more your ownership would be more skewed right so not only would andrews be the most heavily owned player uh, in your portfolio but also that burrow you'd be more exposed to burrow as a percentage of your if you were max entering uh, to a large field tournament uh, than than any other stack in any other week of the season. It's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't think know. that's unreasonable. No, I I just don't. Rem- I know I mean, there were a few weeks where we absolutely loved like Mahomes that week, right? Right. But there was typically at least two other stacks we really liked. This is a rare scenario where it's like this stack is so far above the others both in terms of upside and certainty. 
and one thing I really like, like say you're even if you're like ten playing ten teams or like twenty max, right? Like DraftKings, I have like the four dollar twenty max and different sure. stuff like that. But it, even if you're one fifteen or any form of multi entry, the really cool thing about say go going all in on a Bengals stack is you do kind of have like some bases you would like to cover, right? T versus Chase is the most obvious one. It's like I don't want to have all T. I don't want to have all Chase. I want mostly Andrews, like you said, but I want a little Dobbins, right? I want mm-hmm. a little Hurst, and then and then in that case, maybe then I want a little Hurst, right? I want a sprinkle of Boyd, whatever. There's a few different. So I really like that, you know. And then we can mix in all these. Uh, no pun intended with mixing while we're talking about this. That's the uh, second time you've done that. God damn it. Uh, the, uh, we need this season to be over. The, but all those, other, right? You want, okay, let's get some Jefferson on that team. Let's get some Diggs and Taekwon on that team and, and mm-hmm. those kinds of things, right? There's your Marcus Johnson or Richie James with Hertz or, or not Hertz with the AJ Brown or, you know, there's a lot of fun things, but then you can really capture this game. I really like yeah, this. Yeah. The, the- they're a pretty clear stack to build around. I would agree. And I think one thing I want to point out too is the Bengals lost to the Ravens the first time they played each other this season. So it's not just like, Oh, they have to win for playoff reasons. Like this is a divisional rivalry. They could be seeing each other again next week. Like the Bengals have every incentive to really hang a big number on the Ravens. So I think like, yeah, all, all the more reason to fire away with this game. Fire away. Good call. And uh, our last game that the, we might talk about one more game after this, but the last one that is officially on both both sides, these sites, man, my God, it's the end of the season. We don't have to change up the, the slate strategy uh, on on uh, week 18. But Arizona travels to San Francisco, San Francisco. Uh, I don't know if Jared Stidham is just that good or maybe he's just the Niners kryptonite because they just been laying the smack down on everybody and Stidham came in and, and just about took them out um, last week. Almost full strength, no Debo, but it looks like Debo will be back this week. It looks like Elijah Mitchell will also be back this week, which is somewhat interesting. Um, the Cardinals are you know, down in the dumps. I, I, I should look, I guess. Did it say – so Col- Colt McCoy is – out or they're or they're just not playing him and they're playing David Blau. I can't remember, but Rondale is out. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is out. All these guys are out. Last week we saw uh Trey McBride pop up for a huge game on the Cardinal side and quite a bit of targets for Hollywood Brown. So I think some of the run back talk will be at least mildly interesting. James Connor is also not going to play in this game. Tough matchup, but the Niners should score. Dario about as many points as they want, and they got a lot of appealing guys. How do you feel about the Niners? Because they're one of those where we know they're going to score a bunch, or I believe we know they're going to score a bunch. But who are you like favoring with, especially with Debo back? Yeah, I think Debo back makes it really interesting, and I think Elijah Mitchell back is a uh, you know underrated as well because that at least caps Christian McCaffrey's like percentage of the rushing game. I think that. I mean, it's hard not to trust Kittle right now, the way that he's been playing lately. And then Ayuk has also been putting on like a clinic these last like six weeks or so. So I think that uh, it's it's kind of it's it's still tough to read. I like, I think probably Kittle the best, just because he he operates in that area of the field. It's a little bit closer for Purdy, and I think that like. Kyle Shanahan is going to design, you know, the, the the plays that are able to get him there. But I do think yeah, that this is a game. I, I, I got to disagree. 
the 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 splits with Debo and without Debo are, are pretty damning. For, for Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. So they're similar guys. They're they're yards after the catch monsters that operate short intermediate areas. Just like you said, areas of the field. The guy that's in a unique area is Ayuk. He's playing well with Purdy. And Debo's not really a threat to his area in his role. He's gonna be he's an X receiver. He's playing on the perimeter. Like part part of the thesis for so having so much Andrews is that there is all these issues with all these other tight ends. But I mean, I would play more Kittle than Debo. First game back from injury like this, we don't like yeah. to play these guys. That's yeah. one of our rules. Uh, we don't like to and, play much of them. And Mitchell is back at the same time, so it's like you could maybe even if you ignored the injury, you could convince yourself, okay, Debo's back. He's six K. Plus, maybe he gets some of that rushing work. It's like that running work is gone with Mitchell back, right? And you're not getting any of those, you know, inside the red zone carries for Debo. Especially in this meaningless game. I mean, yeah, like, to- yeah. I think that if anything, this is like a preseason game for Debo, right? Like they're like, okay, go play, you know, three or five drives and and let us know how your hamstring, it was a hamstring, right? How your hamstring or, or knee? Ankle. Yeah, I don't. It remember. was an ankle. You're right. Yeah, ankle because he went down and it looked like an ACL when he went down, and I was like, oh, you know, the I got 49ers futures over here, and uh, the <laughs> you know Debo tears his ACL is what it, I was certain it was an ACL, and I was so mad. And then he, they, the next day they're like, oh yeah, we don't think it's that serious. I'm like, he looked like he got shot on the on the, on the field, <laughs> but he did miss know? a bunch of games. Yeah, it, it I was can't a, believe that they get away with that. That's, that's just another thing that they do to basically offend the sensibilities of the people that are spending all the money around the sport. It's not and serious. It's terrible. it's terrible for the players. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, yeah, what do you mean it's not serious? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut your mouth. Um, speaking of the passing attack, though, here, uh, I think it was before the show. Dario mentioned, you know, if you would, I believe you said something like that. If you'd like to get funky, you could play some Brock Purdy stacks. Are you going to play any Brock Purdy stacks? And uh, if so, you know, what's your favorite way? Are you for sure doubling him or just singling him? You know, what's your kind of preference on the Purdy side of things? I think, I think you can play him. I think that, you know, there's really, it's these four guys that we're looking at, right? McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle. And then do you trust Debo in this game? Mm-hmm. But I think you just kind of like pick two of those and, and roll the dice. McCaffrey's obviously the most expensive by a ton. So I think if you're taking him, it's it's going to be the hardest to work around. But I also think that, I mean, he's, I, I just, he's been so good. I, I can't stop thinking about the irony of, you know, people drafting him behind Jonathan Taylor because of the injuries and then Jonathan Taylor missing like 10 games this season. It's just like, it's really bad karma, but also the Brock Purdy has negative rushing yards in as many games as he has positive rushing yards. Okay. Brock Purdy. That's because Brock Purdy's a winner and he kneels the ball down. (laughs) He has a problem for fantasy football and that he does not run. And that they, that they are going to, this is a run running game script. So, again, all the more reason to just pound Burrow into into the earth. I have a problem with quarterbacks who, in college, 
were not even good fantasy assets. Like if you played either college football DFS or college, like you play season long or something like that for college football, I can't get, this is a personal issue. I have a mental <laughs> block when you play for five years in the big 12 and you can't ever like put up big <laughs> passing numbers. I know the, the school he played for, you know, they, they had Brees and stuff. They, they were a little bit more of a running team, David Montgomery, but I just can't wrap my right. There's guys throwing for, you know, Kyler, Kyler's throwing for like 5,000 yards and running for a thousand yards in the big 12. And Purdy is putting up, you know, like Vanderbilt quarterback numbers in the, well, Zappy that had 8,000 yards. Well, yeah, exactly. It's because Zappy's a god. He's a ble- we were blessed from the fantasy gods with yeah. uh, Zappy. College football right. fantasy, right there. Yes, exactly. Uh, he uh, came from really tiny little school to uh, Western Kentucky. But anyway, I just can't wrap. And Purdy, you kind of mentioned the rushing thing. Like he'll move a little bit when it's necessary, oh, no. but he's it's not so... interested in running. You know, I just just play the. Guy. I think he's a distributor. He's like a younger better version of jimmy g i don't know if it's better or worse whatever but he's just kind of like jimmy g and it's like we were never playing jimmy g in in dfs yeah. so let's just play well, I, you can at least, kittle at least and... he's not getting kittle injured with you know by you know air ball <laughs> you know air balling slants jimmy know. g the king of the hospital ball yeah at least we don't have to watch that anymore <laughs> i mean at least not that I, I i appreciate purdy for that it's it is it's interesting to try to find a good comp for purdy uh yeah, there's not it's not that easy. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a, he's kind of he's on like a Davis Mills from last year type streak, um, which is uh, I think a good comp for him. Mm-hmm. He could Davis said, Mills had these weapons. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. He he has the best weapons in the NFL. Yeah, yeah it's 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 cool. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But I mean, we just we're we're going back to Burrow uh, stacks, and then for skinny stacking purposes here, mm. um. You know, I think that you have you have Hollywood, which is a great option. He wants to finish the season strong, uh, and and so you have Hollywood Ayuk. You can have Hollywood. Uh, I, mean, I can't. Do you think? Do you think McCaffrey plays the whole game? I do not. No. no. Yeah, I don't think. so. I don't even think Kittle's going to play the whole game. Um, they do want to keep him healthy. He's very important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ayuk would be the guy. I think Ayuk Brown stacks are very interesting in this game. Yeah, I think Dorch yeah. is viable too. I mean, he's had like twenty-one targets combined in the last two games or something oh, like you that. You and Dorch, remember that? Oh man, I was thinking about you, Dario. <laughs> I saw Dorch put up uh, like one point six fantasy points on ten targets or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought of you because remember you're like, is this a Dorch week? And I was like, I don't know, Dario. You know, he had five point five fantasy points. He was a stone man. Remember we were having this whole conversation? Oh, I remember. Uh, and, uh, and then we, and then we did it all over again in week 17, same, same thing. We're, we're like going through all these guys, Richie James on down the board, you know, some of some of these guys dudded out hard because they didn't get targets or whatever it was like a Zacchaeus. Some of these guys got the targets. Like the thesis was correct, but the problem with being correct about Greg Dorch is sometimes it doesn't matter because he's Greg <laughs> Dorch. <laughs> I mean, you're ignoring the fact that he had, he averaged, if you take his two prior games with where he was actually playing full time, he's averaging 100 yards in those two games. So I did take that into consideration. <laughs> and then I went to player profiler and I find out this guy runs a 4.7 and he's 5.9. Yeah, and he's like 170 pounds. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt this week. I'm going to play my Richie James. I will say, so, I think 
I, I think Dorch is Dorch, and I, I prefer Hollywood. I think Trey McBride is in play again. I find it interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Trey McBride came to life last week, 10 targets, seven for 78 and a touchdown. And he's only 3,300. Obviously, Zach Ernst ain't coming back through that door. I know the matchup is not great, but like, no offense to Hayden Hurst. They're like the same price. Like, I, I, I'll take the Chase and Higgins side of the Bengals offense. Trey McBride, you know, could could be the highest scorer like he I was like last week yeah, for, like for, the, for the Cardinals. Yeah, we got we got we got Knox, we got McBride, we got Goddard, of course Andrews. There's there's some we got some options, right? But yeah, McBride. I could see. Damn, I could see McBride being your second most exposed uh, tight end. Just because yep. the it's so clear, like the, the 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 targets are consolidated. I don't count Dorch as like a factor in like whether or not the ball is going to go to McBride or not. Sorry, Dario. Um, again, but it really went to three made. guys. It really went to three guys. I, I, it's, I, it's consolidated. I, you love it. It's really consolidated between three guys. And David Blau is not, you know, someone I'm excited about. Shout out to him for still being in the NFL. But he, I was. There's your Purdy right. comp right there. It probably is. It probably if, if very, Purdy were on the Lions two years ago, he would have been David Blau. I think David Blau threw for more yards in college than uh, probably. Than we're gonna find that out. But um, I think he, it's you a, know it's people that like follow college run. football think that, that that don't follow college. They actually think Purdy's good. Oh yeah, pe- dude. The they people actually think are he's losing good. Their shit. Yeah, people are losing their minds. He's not <laughs> good. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> It's like it's like the Minshew thing. It's like it's a he's he's thing. It's it's he, all over yeah. again. He made a couple good throws. He's throwing to a goddamn Pro Bowl roster. My dad oh, wanted them to bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. Well, God bless your dad. And I was like, Dad, you're falling <laughs> for it. He's talking about columnist X from the Boston Globe. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> how many times? That is great. Um. Any oh running the running backs. There was what there was one last thing I want. I really like all those guys as as bringbacks or skinny stacking partners, right? Dorch, Hollywood, McBride. But James Conner is also out. Now this matchup is about as brutal as it gets for poor old Keontae Ingram and Corey Clement, but they are sub five K running backs. Ingram. And we, we we know what James Conner was doing. I assume we're we're team Keontae here, but as you see on Ritter Grinders, a little bit higher projection for Corey Clement. Uh Dario, do you uh, you a Keontae guy or what? Well, Corey Clement played 42% of snaps last week and Keontae played none. So that's the that's what's driving their projections and mine. But I think that there's a chance that they do look at this as like, well, it's week 18. We should Audition. give the rookie a look because Corey Clement has been around the league. We know what he is. There's cool. plenty of tape on Corey Clement. But plenty. yeah, it's... I don't know. <laughs> He's a guy. 28 Just years old guy. versus 21. 28 years old versus 21. Who do we need to play in uh in uh week 17 or week 18? Oh, I, I, I can't I agree. play Ingram. So so oh man, Dario, I'm with you, man. I mean, I I that that really is cold water. We can't play Ingram then. I think it I takes know. some cojones. I mean, it, it takes like yeah, you'd have to have a lot of faith in Cliff Kingsbury. 
oh, which damn it. Um, I, it is the 49ers. It so much worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, whenever you have athletic running backs that can catch, I get very excited. So, but I'm also, you can't play guys with zero snaps. So I just, uh... <laughs> you can play them. They're just not going to score. Any- <laughs> it's a bummer. They man. can't play is the, is, yeah. the, is the difference. <laughs> what a bummer, man. Come on, audition him. All right. Before we, no, I, before... I like Keontae. He was he was at USC while I was working for the team there my last year, and he, I mean, he, I think he looks good. But yeah, hey, if you're he's not, nice he's not on the field. Looks like a nice that? guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's very nice. Uh, well, no, some of these guys like they scowl. Like he has like a sm- he's he's a big smile in his headshot. That goes a long way, man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I like this guy. You know, like what all it takes is one headshot to win me headshot over. scouting coming yeah. together profiler next month. We Matt has officially run out of the uh narrative based side of things. You know, we did the Isaiah Pacheco. Well, he had one target this week, he had two targets the next week, and then he had three targets. So what are you projecting him for? Four targets. You know, now it's now we're into the headshot analysis range of the season. <laughs> That's how we decide between all these shitty 3K wide receivers that nobody wants to play. You're like, is he smiling in his headshot? Okay, <laughs> boost up the exposure a few percent because he's a good person, you know? Not um, only is the show over, the season's over for us. It yes. seems like we've reached the end of all takes. I, I do want to really, really quickly hit um, the Packers and the Lions, which might have been the game we spent the most time on if it were actually on both sites mm. to to play. I just want to really quick hit each of you guys' high-level thoughts on Packers-Lions. Um, first, I guess I'll cover, it's possible the Lions will know that they may not have anything to play for by this game, correct? Um, yeah. that, that, is, that is correct. The Packers need to win regardless. The Lions may need to win, so it could be like one of the games of the year. It also could be who knows. My take before I kick it to you guys is I I can't possibly imagine a coach, uh, uh, someone like Dan Campbell preparing the troops all week for, you know, the game of their season. And then even if they find out that they're not playing for anything, backing off, I I, I personally can't see that, you know, so I I just think it's wheels up if you want to play this game. Thank you for saying that. I wanted to make sure that was said like that. that Yeah, I feel the same way. Whether the Seahawks win or not before doesn't matter at all because you have the guy that's like, all I care about is you guys. (laughs) It's all I think about, man. It's all I dream about is just you guys, man. (laughs) Don't you understand how much I love you guys? If you think they're not going to play for that, come on, man. They're going to be 100%. And and they can knock the Packers out of the playoffs. They don't yeah. like oh, the Packers. Like, you know that he's got two pregame speeches prepared right oh, now. This exact out. moment already. It's like, you had a great, yeah, you had a great season. You know, we, we're not playing for our own playoff berth, but God damn it, if I don't want to knock out those Thank damn you. pack, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. We don't care about this game. draft pick because we already have the Rams one that's top yeah. 10. So <laughs> right. go ahead and win. That's right. Uh, so many different, so many good points we're making here. Yeah. Um, but is yeah. there, let's say hey, it's Brown, baby. Up. Yeah. Let's say it's straight up. Uh, St. I know. Brown gets inside, right? Alexander is mostly outside, but Alexander can't match up with both Chark and Williams at the same time. He's not two people. Right. Yep. So Chark's definitely going to f- get opportunities to get away from Alexander. St. Brown's going to be away from Alexander most of the game. So I I'm going right back to Chark and, and, and St. Brown, baby. And then yeah, just I mean, watch Williams score three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Swift finally broke through for us last week. 
I think if it wasn't for the fact that Justin Jackson is coming back this week, I'd be a lot more excited to play him because I think Justin Jackson comes back. He'll probably get like a third of the snaps, a third of the carries, a couple targets there. So I, I think it's kind of hard to get a read on that Lions backfield. Once again, I'm with you on St. Brown and Chark. And I think that from the Packers side, you can probably play any of Lazard and Dobbs and Watson, probably in the order of Watson, Lazard, Dobbs. <laughs> so the opposite that I said initially. <laughs> I also uh, want to throw out, it, well, it's two things. I am happy to be, uh, what, Charlie Brown with the football, Lucy with the football, with DeAndre Swift. Anytime, like, you know, it's always fool's gold, but anytime I see something, I'm like, look, if that wasn't a blowout last week, you know, he would have played X amount of snaps. He would have, you know, it was, it was only because of the blowout. And I, I do believe that, but also like you said, he's probably just still going to play, you know, 40% of the snaps. But I think again, in a must win game, he's their best player Get in there, man. He, 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 he was, he was getting a lot of the work, right? He's the guy who sat down once it got out of the hand. Jamal actually didn't. And so I think it's possible that Swift could be a real difference maker. Again, this game is on FanDuel, you know, or if he's you're playing showdown, showdown or whatever. And then um, actually another run. Here's a good example of the, the double running back uh, skinny stack that we've talked a lot about. Don't really like either of these quarterbacks. Dondre Swift, Dondre Swift's best skill set is that of a pass catcher, as is Aaron Jones. Both are, you know, half. Jones Swift. Oh, I love it. Eric. Great. Yeah, that's Yes. We can't. We can't end this season of this show without bringing together one of our favorite little that. unique pairing. Swift Aaron Jones is uh, kind of one of my one of my favorite oh, little skinny stacks. We should tell him, Dario, that we were so flummoxed by the Packers and the, the inability to pick anybody on that offense as a run back option last week. We finally settled on Tunyon. Ah, finally got the Tunyon touchdown. Well, we talked about him for like is exactly what we were talking. Remember how much we we're going to talk about Marcus Johnson? That was us last <laughs> week with Tunyon. Just want to get Eric up to speed on that, right? But I thought I I thought I remembered our our takeaway being gross toward Tunyon, and then of course then he delivered the touchdown. No, no, no. no. Go back to the tape. No, go back to the tape. When we talked about the whole scenario where you can go all these weeks without a touchdown, but if he's running the routes and he's running more routes than Mercedes Lewis, it's eventually going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Don't come on, Dario. I just I don't remember how much we love Tunyon. Shame. (laughs) He did get to four targets last week in a blowout in which they did not throw very much. Did get the touchdown. Three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. 62% of snaps. Obviously, probably a little bit skewed by. Uh, I mean, they won 41 to 17, and seven of those Vikings points were at the very end. And Onion was the lead scorer with 41 points scored, and Aaron Rodgers failed again to get to 20 fantasy points. Yeah, shocker. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But I, I, I think Tunyon, you know, we like to get into the obscure, and this game is definitely obscure because it's not even on DraftKings. Uh Tunyon seems pretty cool to me. Like this game has a, has a bunch of guys I think that are pretty darn interesting for tournaments. Like if I were winning a tournament heading into into right because they Fanduel included this in their main GPPs, right? Uh, I guess as they couldn't figure out the scheduling stuff. Um, <laughs> typical Fanduel. The uh, all the all the Packers and Lions are like I would not want to head in without exposure to this game. Let's just say, like even if I was sitting in first, I would not feel good because this game looks like no matter what, right? Even the Lions aren't playing for something. A lot of juice in this game, all the way down to the to the big. And it's Bob the team. highest highest total on the slate too. It's like 
Oh yeah, you, you look at the odds this weekend. This it's not even close. This game is like by far the most explosive. Yeah, Swift, wow. Swift Tunyon, baby. Love it. Um, all right. For the final time of the season, until the 2023 season kicks off, we have to wrap up the show with the conviction take that is going to win tournaments. This feels way tougher. I'm I'm always like trying to while I'm speaking, trying to think about what mine is going to be. And holy cow, this week 18 feels really tough. But Dario, you kick us off. What is the one thing that people need to have in their tournament lineups to win in the final regular season week of 2022 slash 2023? Well, I mean, since I got to go first, I think I'll take the easy one off the board, and that is of course Joe Burrow and the Bengals stacks. I mean, it's like (laughs) I I was like I knew we were all thinking it because there's there's not much else that we were excited about in this slate, and I think like everything is pointing in the right direction for Burrow. You can play Chase Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, play two or three out of those four guys, and and just roll with it. Like they're they're in a good matchup. They're clicking on all cylinders. And yeah, it's that's it for Burrow. I am uh, going to double down on Tyrod Taylor. There we go. Okay. And I think that you could do Tyrod Taylor is this week's Justin Fields. You could do inverted stacks. You could do Taylor with Devontae <laughs> Smith. Like Taylor, Devontae Smith, Goddard, for example. It'd be just fine. Uh so that's a, that's an interesting option. I think what you're going to find, though, is from that game, we talked about the Higgins-Andrews double stacks, the Higgins-Andrews skinny stacks, excuse me. So I think you're going to do a lot of skinny stacking where they're going to take two guys from the same game, but you know with a lot of burrow, and then you're sprinkling in some of these interesting options otherwise where you know mm-hmm. the guy has mobility, you know the guy is going to be playing, maybe getting some garbage time. When we actually took a step back, Taylor checks a lot of boxes uh, and we've done the inverted stack thing successfully with fields. And uh, so I, I would say you could easily see a lineup built with Taylor Eagles receivers and uh, Andrews and Higgins. And then you fill in the rest of what we've said, but I think that would be an interesting construction that is you could even use it in cash. I love it. And then I'm going to add in kind of filling the gaps between what both of these two, these two filled out the majority of your lineup, except the tight end position. I'm going to give you, you have two tight ends. You don't need to worry about the rest of the slate. Mark Andrews and Trey McBride X everybody else out in your, in the teams that don't have Andrews. Maybe you don't have a run back to your Bengal stacks or you play JK Dobbins at the running back spot in your non Andrews teams. You're rocking with Trey McBride. I really don't understand why he projects to be 2% owned, to be totally honest. Get him. You can pair him with Niners, guys. You can leave him a standalone tight end as well. But I think if you focus in at tight end there, you focus in on the stacks and the, the kind of skinny stacks that these two guys have have uh, put together, you're going to have a pretty damn good portfolio come come week 18. Oh, yeah. We've we've run a little long, but that's, that's to be expected on the final week of the season. I personally have had a absolute pleasure working with you two and getting to know you two guys over the course of the entire season we will not be back for the playoff rounds i don't think we need to talk a lot of game stacks when there's only like two two games on some of the some of the slates but we will be back next year hopefully 
to uh, continue the show. And I uh, hope you guys have had a little bit of fun, just like we have along the way. I'll let you guys uh, uh, just say goodbye if you would like to for the last time. Yeah, of course. It's, it's you know, likewise, it's been a, been a blast. And I think this is d- definitely like every week. I know that after this show, I'll have a much better grasp of the slate, just talking it through with you guys and getting sharper. And yet, like you said, it's been a great time getting to know you guys, working with you guys. I mean, obviously, I, I know Matt fairly well, but <laughs> the Roto Grinders and everything stuff. So it's been it's been a good time. Thanks for having us. Thank you to Chris Gimino. Thank you to uh, Stephen and, and all the producers over at Roto Grinders. Uh, Dan Back, uh, Dan Bach. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Dan Bach is this. This show is his idea. Uh, so yeah, really, really appreciate uh, you know all of the support that Roto Grinders has showed us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a true pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Eric is an amazing host. And, uh, I, you know, I really appreciate Dario carrying me every week, uh, with, with the, cause it says analytics at the top and, uh, you know, he, he, he makes sure that we put the, uh, the a plus in analytics. I love it. All right, guys, good luck in week 18 and the three of us will see you guys, uh, next season. See ya. <laughs>